Welcome back to Dads on the Air, coming to you around Australia on the Community Radio Network. In this program, we bring you informing and entertaining conversations with a wide range of interesting people on topics of fatherhood, family and parenting, and men's and boys' issues. Hi, I'm Bill Cable, and our guest today is Glenn Garine. Glenn was a champion athlete himself who switched his focus to community development. He has written several books, including Men of Honour, and has received many awards, including Young Australian of the Year in Queensland. Glenn, welcome to Dads on the Air. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. So, Glenn, uh, you've given motivational speeches to hundreds of thousands over the years, and you've developed programs for people, including the National Rugby League. Does your sporting background help you connect with your audiences? Uh, I think definitely so, especially when I'm working with our sporting teams. You know, when I was 17, I ran uh, 10-6 for the 100. Mm. And um, some people, you know, may not um, know what that actually means to to be able to do that at 17. But um, particularly when I'm working with um, athletes, they all kind of get it. And the second thing as well as working with um, athletes and sporting teams is they all know, they all want to be coached. Mm. So when I say, here's a an objective that we're going to kind of try and hit today, they all understand that. So I think that definitely helps. And does it throw them a little bit when you do things like quote Shakespeare at them? No, not really. There's so much knowledge out there today. We live in the information age and they have access to all of this anyway. And I think they kind of like it that I'm an athlete, but also a little bit of a nerd as well. Well, you say in your book that you ask for no females to be present at your seminars and you even ask the boys not to discuss it with the mothers. Why is that? I say that mostly in the book because um, I don't want the mums to read it in front of their sons. <laughs> but I know that mums want to read it anyway and I think it's a great book for mums to read. <laughs> um, obviously, when I talk about some of the, uh, the pornography and the masturbation a little bit later um, in the book... Um, boys might feel a little bit uncomfortable if their mum had actually read that chapter, Mm. Uh, hence why. I have no hesitation having um, even females up the back of the seminar, hidden out out of view from the boys, just so the boys feel a little bit more comfortable as we discuss these issues. Yes, as you say, at the end of the book, you get into uh, sex, pornography, masturbation, drugs, alcohol, a whole lot of controversial topics. And I I think you have some controversial views on those. I wonder if you could just expand on some of them for us. Yeah, well, I guess um, in terms of... I I wouldn't say so so much controversial. I think, um, for instance, with the um, pornography, I have kind of like a... with, With the boys, I say, hey, just draw a line in the sand. And this isn't something that I think is going to help them or benefit them in the future. And um, some people might think that's controversial, but I think all the studies show that it's not helpful at all for the boys. And even in terms of uh, masturbation, I have a guideline for the boys of, you know, once every eight days for teenage adolescent men. And that might come as a shock to, to some people, but I say to them, the reason why... I, the research actually says to do that is because when they actually get ma- married, having sex once or twice a week with their partner is probably a realistic expectation for them. So we're not setting them up for unrealistic expectations. 
Yes, I mean, having been brought up in a Catholic boys' school, to be told that uh, you know masturbation once every week or whatever is okay yeah. is it's unusual. Oh, totally, totally. And I think um, you know, and the boys love it because finally someone's you know given them a guideline. And I say to them, it's a guideline; it's not a law. <laughs> Glenn, we talked about some of those controversial topics in your book. Um, yeah. What is the what is the overall purpose of your book, and and for, for that matter, your courses on men of honour? Yeah, well, I, I think it's um, the book. It can be summed up with the uh, phrase, "In a male by birth, man by choice." You know, we're, they're, boy, they're born males, but in order to become a man, they actually have to make some good decisions. Because I believe if young men make informed decisions, um, they'll actually make better decisions. And so this book is about walking them through the seven critical decisions I think every young male needs to make in terms of exercise, nutrition, money, drugs and alcohol, uh, sex, pornography, and masturbation. And so my role with this book is to actually just help them, guide them, make good, informed decisions about all these areas. I'm not telling them what to decide but um, I'm trying to help them make a better decision here. And I kind of, I guess, I, I say to them, I said, if, if no male or no father figure has actually talked to you about any of this stuff, let me be the guy that actually does that when I'm discussing it in the seminars. You encourage open discussion between fathers and their boys. Yes. Uh, I'm just wondering, what do you see as the barriers between that happening more than it does? Because it, we could clearly do with a lot more of that open discussion. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Dr. Michael Carr-Gregg, who's a well-known adolescent psychologist, he did some research. He said, on average, our fathers spend um, six minutes a day in the presence of their sons and 14 seconds a day in meaningful conversation. You know what I find really encouraging about that statistic for dads as a, you know, as a father of four is it's actually really, really easy to double the average. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. And yes. I think, uh, those, but seriously, what's actually happening is young boys are spending four hours um, a day on the internet or in front of the TV. So we actually have to ask the question, who's actually parenting our kids? And for me, it's all about helping dads. And I know it's hard as a dad of four myself to actually just actively engage with your child and make it an intention. <laughs> that something actually needs to happen. I think also, you know, up until the age of 10, I think you kind of always have to spend time with your kids because, you know, they need you around. But once they get past that 10, they, they could actually be in the house for two hours doing something and you probably wouldn't even notice. And I think that's when fathers and sons can sometimes tend to distance themselves. Mm. And I think, and then they try and re-establish it a little bit later, but... It's almost like the the horses bolted <laughs> during the teenage years. So what I'm trying to do is just help the fathers make it an intention, and also for the sons to understand the need in them having a mentor. And there are different stages. I think you just mentioned there. Now I think your youngest of your four children is in fact the boy in the fa in the house, isn't he? He is. Yeah, we got the boy in the end after three girls. <laughs> so he's um, turning three in a couple of months. So are you already actively involved in getting him to talk about things? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's just at that, that age, obviously it's age appropriate. Mm. And so it's, for him, it's more about young boy who just loves to wrestle with me all the time. Mm. 
and just build that connection. And it's funny, you know, when I first had a son, my father probably wasn't as um, affectionate to me. I think that um, generation of dads sometimes, and this is just a generalisation, wasn't as as affectionate to their sons. And so when I first had my boy, I had to actually stop and ask the question, hang on a second, do I actually kiss my son? Mm. I, knew, I knew I was supposed to kiss my daughters, but do I kiss my son? That might sound a little bit strange. I mean, of course you do. But just, you know, recognising that a real strong bond needs to be built from a really young age. Well, it's different, I suppose, kissing a baby boy, but then you get to a certain stage where the boy mightn't want the kisses and certainly not at the school gate, I would think. No, exactly. I mean, you know, you have to be, I guess, wise, but I think keeping that affection to your kids throughout their life, I think, is really, really important. In fact, there was a study done on young girls who's um, 36 out of 39 young girls who suffered from anorexia experienced withdrawal of affection from their father during the onset of puberty. So that's not an insignificant statistic, 36 out of 39. Because sometimes when girls hit puberty, dads um, sometimes don't know, okay, hang on a second, how am I supposed to approach this? Do I still need to be affectionate? And the answer is absolutely yes. You know, girls need their fathers during that time just as much as their mums. Yes, the importance of fathers. We're going to take a short break now. We're going to listen to a song on the uh, on the very topic. In fact, uh, it's by the Beach Boys, and it's called "When I Grow Up to Be a Man." That was when I grew up to be a man by the Beach Boys. And we're talking today with Glenn Garin, who is the author of Men of Honour. And Glenn not only has written a number of books, but he's presented courses around Australia and around the world on this topic. Glenn, um, we're just talking about the uh, the role of fathers. And 
um, the barriers sometimes to fathers talking to their boys. Do you think there's a different barrier between fathers talking to their boy children and their girl children? I think it can sometimes be the same. It depends on the age. Like, for instance, um, I find, you know, with my daughters, they go through stages, you know, where they're really, really close to their mum and then some... And then, you know, six months later, they become really close to me. I think that's a natural kind of occurrence. And I've even noticed with my son, he, he just wants to be with me all the time. He wants to learn how to be a man. Mm. And so my role is to try and obviously to try and coach him as best as I can. And some of those other influences that you mentioned, I mean, if you look for a role model, perhaps on TV or in television advertisements, you're not going to get a good role model for being a dad, are you? No, and I guess, you know, there's, there was a study done by a UTS professor, and he surveyed, like, 650 newspapers, over 300 hours of TV and hundreds of magazines, and found that fathers were overwhelmingly portrayed in a negative light and demonised and, in many cases, even marginalised. It's almost like that SMS syndrome, stupid male syndrome, mm. that seems to get perpetrated... Um, in the media quite a lot and you know we see it in television shows like Homer Simpson where the father is nothing but an oversized buffoon who needs to be parented himself mm. and I think part of my seminars and the book is all about also raising the profile of fathers helping people understand that a father's role in raising his kids is just as vital as a mother's role. And you give a, a good example I think of uh, how boys are encouraged to get in touch with their feminine side, but you never hear encouraged to get inside with their masculine side, do you? No, exactly. And, you know, and for some strange reason, we, in, in some circles, we think that masculinity is evil and mm. femininity is good. But in actual fact, both of them have positive and negative characteristics. You know, I want my daughters to be strong as well, but I also want my son to be emotionally intelligent and be aware of what's actually going on around about him. And we're speaking with Glenn Grine, author of Men of Honour. Glenn, you give a wonderful story in the book about uh, Derek Redmond at the Olympics, and I think that's fatherhood at its best. I wonder if you could just take us through that again. Yeah, well, Derek Redmond was like a 400-metre runner and really was tipped to, you know, medal at this Olympic Games. But during the semi-final, he um, pulled his hamstring and really kind of um, battled to make it to the end of the race. And so out of the stands comes this man who quickly runs onto the track and basically carries his boy to the end of the track. And it was just a beautiful scene of a father helping his son complete his, his vision, his goal, for his life, and I think, you know, as fathers, you know, part of our role is just, you know, sometimes help carry our sons, not just through the good times, but also through the bad times as well. Yeah, it's, it brings a tear to my every time I hear that story. It's just yeah. a, it's a great story. And you have some ideas on this, uh, how to be that man that we want to, that we want to encourage our children to be. What do you see as the main, main ways that you can be a man? Well, my definition of manhood is um, being honourable, being brave, being self-controlled, passionate, um, but also understanding your emotions. And like I said, being that emotionally intelligent, self-aware of who you are and what's going on. And also being respectful of our fellow human beings. 
I think if we as men can do our best to model that definition, then we can help raise sons who do the same as well. And you promote the idea of of, uh, of exercise, of nutrition, and then even you, in your book you get into um, areas such as uh, money management. Yeah. These are all all parts of what we expect of men in uh, in our society, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, it, I make the connection is I say you know I ask the boys to make a decision about exercise. And most young men, that they actually commit to some level of exercise. Because we all understand that exercise is important. Same as nutrition and same as how the way that we handle our money. They're all like good decisions, even drugs and alcohol. But sometimes what happens is most young boys never make a commitment or actually never make a decision as to how they'll live in the areas of sex, porno- pornography and masturbation. And those areas, if they fail to make a good decision... <laughs> Can actually mess up their life probably more so than the than the first four. Yeah. So um, it's about helping them just make because I, I believe decisions are never made in a the moment. They're actually rooted in your character, and that's what this book is really, really all about. It's about helping young men develop strong, good, honourable character that will help them be sustainable in the long term. Yeah, the, those dangers, you'll just say the first couple you mentioned there, the sex and the pornography, there's also game, uh, electronic games is Gaming, another big yeah, issue. absolutely. Um, they can take up your life, and, but also I think you make the point that there are consequences. Now, you know, if you get into a, a, a love affair, which, or maybe it's not, there's not even any love in it, but if there's sex in it and a child results, that could really affect at least three lives directly, perhaps Ten lives, you know, couldn't it? It's, uh... Well, exactly, and it's generational, you know. Mm. I mean, I use the example of, you know, my parents were um, a divorce, so my kids, because uh, uh, I use this, there's a great quote by a guy by the name of um, T.D. Jakes. He says, decisions are like earthquakes. They, they, they leave tremors. Mm. So when a man decides that he's going to kind of leave his wife, that doesn't just affect him, doesn't just affect his wife, doesn't just affect his kids, the future will affect his grandkids. So when my mum and dad got divorced, my parents are now both remarried. It didn't just affect me, my, my brother and my sister, my mum and my dad, now it's starting to affect my kids, because my kids have six grandparents, all mm. whom they have to call different names. Mm. There's grandma, there's grandpa, there's granddad, there's nan, there's nan and there's poppy. My kids are now starting to get the age where they're starting to ask the question, hang on a second, if, if granddad and nan are your real parents, how come they don't live together anymore? Yeah. So these decisions, if you can help them make good decisions now, get into great habits now, establish some great, a great value set. Because what happens is today we go to, you know, Google has almost become God to us. There's no narratives being passed down from families and value systems because they're spending more time on a computer than with their mum and dad. And what does go wrong, you've listed five curses, and I I think the first one is very well made, that the depression in young men, and the suicide in particular that comes from that, is is just out of control, isn't it? Well, it is. When, When fathers aren't there for their kids, and, you know, sometimes fathers can be there physically but not really emotionally. They're physically present but emotionally absent. And, you know, in terms of suicide, you know, in a fatherless home, the, the rates are 10 times greater mm. of young people committing suicide if dad's not around. And I'm not saying that a mother's role isn't important. I think we all know that. But I think equally as important as a father's role. 
So your courses are directed at the father as much as at the boys? Yes, absolutely, because it's also the boys' responsibility to, as, as he gets older and to um, teenagehood and adolescence, actually make that commitment to connect with his dad. Don't just drift away. Your, your dad's role is, is vitally important. And do you think it's ever too late? I mean, you deal with rugby league players and they might find it difficult to admit their relationship with their father's not that great. Do, do you try and encourage them to re-establish contact? Absolutely. I think no matter what age you are, everyone realises that their relationship with, with their dad is actually vitally important. Mm. And you know, every, every son wants some father figure to lay their hand on their shoulder and say, hey, son, I love you. I'm proud of you, and, I, and I'm for you. I think we all need that. Yeah, well, look, I think that's uh, that's definitely the way forward. And Glenn um, has a number of books out, as I've mentioned, including this Men of Honour. But, uh, Glenn, you also provide courses. At, is it at schools, or how do people get in touch with you generally? Yeah, sure. Um, my website's uh, glengarine.com. That's G-L-E-N. Garine, G-E-R-R-E-Y-N.com. So there's all information there. If we run courses with schools, uh, corporates, uh, sporting teams. And, um, yeah, so they can get in touch with us there. Well, that's great. Now, we've come to the stage of the program where we ask our guests to pick a song. So, Glenn, uh, I'm wondering which song you've picked and perhaps why you picked it. Yeah, I picked a song uh, by Will Smith. It's uh, The song's called Just the Two of Us. And it's got this great line in it. It's a great a song that, you know, really impresses the importance of uh, fathering and being a dad. And it's got this great line. It says, um, I'm going to do everything I can to show you how to be a man, speaking to his son, dignity, integrity, and honor. Yeah. I, I just love that line. That is great. So this is Will Smith with a bit of philosophy for us. Now, Dad, this is a very sensitive subject. I think, man, a little me 
just like me. Wait and see, gonna be tall. Makes me laugh, cause you got your dad's ears and all. Sometimes I wonder, what you gonna be? A general, a doctor, maybe an MC. I wanna kiss you all the time. But I will test that butt when you cut out a line. True that, uh-uh-uh, why you do that? I try to be a tough dad, but you be making me laugh. Crazy joy, when I see the eyes of my baby boy. I pledge to you, I will always do everything I can. Show you how to be a man. Dignity, integrity, honor, and I don't mind if you lose long as you came with it. And you can cry, ain't no shame in it. It didn't work out with me and your mom, but yo, push come to shove, you was conceived in love. So if the world attacks and you slide off track, remember one fact, I got your back. Just the two of us, we can make it if we try. Just me and you, just me and you. Against the world. Time job to be a good dad. You got so much more stuff than I had. I gotta study just to keep with the changing times. 101 Dalmatians on your CD rhyme. CD, I'm trying to pretend I know on my PC where that CD go. But yo, ain't nothing promised. One day I'll be gone. Feel the strife, but trust life does go on. But just in case, it's my place to impart. One day some girl's gonna break your heart. And ooh, ain't no pain like from the opposite sex. Gonna hurt bad, but don't take it out on the next. Throughout life, people will make you mad Disrespect you and treat you bad Let God deal with the things they do Cause hate in your heart will consume you too Always tell the truth, say your prayers Hold doors, pull out chairs, easy on the swears You live and prove that dreams come true I love you and I'm here for you uh. Just the two of us We can make it if we try Just me and you, just me and you in the world Can I uh, hold us down uh -uh. Hold my hand Hold my hand <laughs> True that True that And that was Just the Two of Us by Will Smith. That was the special selection of our guest today, Glenn Garan. Glenn, who is the author of Men of Honour and a number of other books and also presents courses uh, around Australia and around the world on, uh, on, on providing a guide for young men on how they should live their life and, and how they can get the most out of it. And I'm sure have a lot of fun along the way. Glenn, uh, it just remains for me now to thank you very much for being on the program. So uh, thank you for joining us at uh, Dads on the Air. Pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, don't forget, we'll be back next week with another show on Dads on the Air. Uh, we'd love to hear from any of our listeners. You can go to our website, dadsontheair.com.au, and send us an email, and we'll be in touch. If you'd like to listen to this show again or any of our shows, go to that website, dadsontheair.com.au, or you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. So that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. 